Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This is going to be for 2 Kings chapter 5. Now Naaman, captain of the host to the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. You guys have probably all seen the video for this one. It's really, really good. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. Notice the simple faith that this little girl has. And one went in and told his lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. Boy, that's a lot of stuff. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have here therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes, and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so... When Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he said to the king, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him. Why didn't Elisha go in person? To show that it wasn't Elisha that would heal him, but God saying, Go, and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away, and said, Behold, I am. Th- I thought he will surely come out to me, and stand, and call on the name of the Lord his God, and strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper. This wasn't what Naaman expected. He expected that the prophet would heal him, not Jehovah. So he turned and went away in a rage. The reasoning by which Naaman had so nearly deprived himself of a benefit which would be to him as life from the dead, is substantially the same as that which leads so many to turn, to turn from the one remedy to which God directs them. The simple command of the gospel to wash and be clean, like the words of the prophet, which had prefigured it, is still to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. The difficulty felt by Naaman is the same as that of, of so many in our days, the need of humiliation, and of faith in a remedy which seems so inadequate to the end. If washing be required, let it be in the, in the uh, abam, abana and far, far of our own waters, not in the turbid stream of, of Israel. But it is ever this humiliation of heart and simple faith in God's provision which are required for our healing. Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so Naaman had to learn it. It was well that the relation between himself and his servants was so simple and affectionate. My father, they call him, 
that they could address him in terms of respectful expostulation, expostulation, and so turn him from his rash purpose. For often those around can see the true bearing of things far better than we. At the same time, <clears throat> we may also learn from the relation between Naaman and his servants how the faithful performance of ordinary duties may prepare the way for the reception of a higher blessing. That was by Edersheim. Verse 12, Are not Abana and Farfar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. This story may have been to show Israel how easy it could be for, the, for their enemies to be converted to Jehovah by his goodness in making them fellow believers. President Hinckley said, The way of the gospel is a simple way. Some of the requirements may appear to us, to you as elementary and unnecessary. Do not spurn them. Humble yourselves and walk in obedience. I promise that the results that follow will be marvelous to behold and satisfying to experience. Verse 15, And he returned to the man of God, he and his company, and came and stood before him, and he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all, the, in all earth but in Israel. Now therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. Joseph Fielding Smith said, <clears throat> If by the power of faith and through the administration of, of, by the elders the man is healed, it is evidence that his sins have been forgiven. It is hardly re reasonable to think that the Lord will forgive the sins of a man who is healed if he has not repented. Naturally, he would repent of, of his sins if he seeks for the blessing by the elders. James' instruction which is in James uh, chapter 5, it says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he ha have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. James' instructions support the idea that a spirit of faith and repentance is present with such forgiveness. The sick person is to call for the elders. The prayer is to be a prayer of faith, and con contrition is suggested by the, confess by the confess your faults passage. Forgiveness is predicated upon law, as are all other blessings, and must be assumed in this instance. But what a great comfort it is to those who are repentant to know that when hearts are right, anointings are given and healings are granted. Not only, by the, not only the body, but also the soul is made well. That was by Larry Dahl. This is part, indeed, the most glorious part of the ordinance of administering to the sick. The following explanation sets forth how this principle operates. It is an axiomatic gospel verity that the Spirit of the Lord will not dwell in an unclean tabernacle. The Spirit will not come to a man unless and until he is prepared to per by personal righteousness to have the companionship of that member of the Godhead. Thus, to be worthy of baptism, men must witness before the church that they have truly repented of all their sins, and precisely... The same thing is involved in their preparation to partake of the sacrament. In other words, as a result of worthy baptism, men stand clean before him if they fulfill the, the, the full law involved in partaking of the sacrament. For in each instance they are rewarded with the companionship of the Spirit, which companionship they cannot have unless they are cleansed and purified from sin. That was by Millet and McConkie. 
It is the policy of the church, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that was by Bruce R. McConkie in the Doctrinal New Testament commentary. It is the policy of the church that administration to the sick should be done at the request of the sick person or someone virtually concerned or vitally concerned, so that it will be done in answer to faith. Those called to perform the ordinance should encourage the sick person to rely on the Lord's promises. Whatsoever thing ye shall ask the Father in my name, which is good in faith, believing that ye shall receive, behold, it shall be done unto you. It, if need be, the sick person should be encouraged to keep the commandments so that he can have faith and be entitled to the blessings of the Lord. Verse 16, But he said, As the Lord liveth, before whom I stand, I will, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. In accordance with the direction of the king, Naaman now betook himself with his horses and his chariots to the humble dwelling of Elisha, which, as we infer from verse 3, was in Samaria. Greater or more instructive contrast could scarcely be imagined. We know that Naaman had come to Samaria not only armed with the royal letter, almost imper imper imperious in its tone and at the head of a great retinue, but bringing with him as princely gifts for his expected healing a sum of not less than ten talents of silver computed at, at from three thousand pounds to about thirty seven hundred and fifty pounds and six thousand pieces of gold computed at about seventy five hundred pounds to about nine thousand pounds i'm not sure how much that is in dollars today together with the ten changes of raiment that is of those festive suits which were so costly and so much valued in the east between this display and pomp and the humble waiting outside the lowly home of the prophet, there was sufficient contrast, but it was unspeakably intensified when the prophet, without even seeing the Syrian captain, sent him this message, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. We may at once say that the con conduct of Elisha was not prompted by fear of a defilement or by leprosy, nor by a desire to mark the more clearly the miracle about to be performed, least of all by spiritual pride. The spiritual pride of a Jew would have found other expression, and, in general, those who cherish spiritual pride are, are scarcely proof against such visits as this of Naaman. We cannot doubt that the bearing of Elisha was divinely directed. One has said that it was dictated by the inner state of Naaman as evidenced by the manner in which he received the prophet's direction. Perhaps we should add, with another old writer, that Elisha would, would thus teach Naaman that Neither his pomp nor his wealth was the cause of his healing, and also that help did not come from the prophet, as if such power were inherent in the prophet. The latter, indeed, would seem of chief importance in the teaching required by a heathen. That was by Edersheim again. Verse 17, And Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray thee, be given to thy servant two mules' burden of earth? For thy servant will henceforth either offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto other gods, but unto the Lord. So he takes some of the dirt, uh, that's been that's in uh, Israel to take with him. In this thing, the Lord pardoned thy servant that when my master goeth into the house of Rim, Rim, Rimon, in other words, a Syrian god of wind, rain, and storm, to worship there, and he leaneth on my on my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Rimon. When I bow down myself in the house of Rimon, the Lord pardoned thy servant in this thing, and he said unto him, Go in peace. So he departed from him a little way. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master hath spared Naaman, this Syrian, in not receiving at his hands that which he brought, up, or brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So he wants to take some of the stuff that Gehazi was offering um, 
Elisha. So Gehazi followed after Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master hath sent me, saying, Behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two, char- two changes of garments. And Naaman said, Be content. Take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags and two charges of garments and laid them upon him his servants and they bare them before them and when he came to the tower he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the ha- and bestowed them in the house and he let them men go and they departed but he went in and stood before his master and Elisha said unto him whence comest thou Gehazi and he said thy servant went no whither oh so he lies here and he said unto him went not the, went not mine heart with thee when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants. The leprosy therefore of, of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. So that's the end of the chapter and that'll teach us something here about the faith of Naaman and and uh, that it, it, we just have to have faith of a child and to uh, do the things that the prophet tells us and we should be fine. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.